Welcome to Rock Candy bonus episode. Bonus episode. I am not calling it a boner episode. No, this, time. this is that is inappropriate. Highly inappropriate. It's it is actually very hard for me to muster the enthusiasm to do <laughs> this bonus episode. Yeah, but I I, I want it. I feel like we need to do it because we just did an episode on Thriller. Yeah. Right before, right before this fucking documentary got released. <laughs> and then I'm like, whoo, yeah. I feel awkward now. But I don't think anybody can blame us for our episode on Thriller. At least it I hope still nobody exists. does. It still exists. And it was a very important album at the time. I mean, if anything, it doesn't change the importance. This just complicates everything. Yeah, it it. It contributed to the cultural zeitgeist, and uh, I just wanted to use that phrase. Yeah. Um, and it and it <laughs> motivated or inspired many. It did. An artist. It did. That we know today who didn't touch children. Yes. We're gonna talk about leaving Neverland. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I don't even know if we really want to. I keep calling it Finding Neverland. Me too. And every time I'm like, no, that is a very different movie. That is a very different movie, and not even a good movie. No, and it also had Johnny Depp in it, which... Who was another problematic human being. Another problematic person, so... But I... I, I'll get... So, let's just talk about a few of our opinions. I don't even... I don't... I don't even know what my... Okay. So, I don't know who has seen this documentary... Yeah, it's not easy to get your hands on it. It's it's an HBO one. You may have to do like the seven day trial for HBO and watch it within those seven days. It is a four yeah. hour documentary. Yeah. Split into two parts. I split up the viewing and I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot and it's also it helps me to kind of retain that information. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I know you fucking binged it in one sitting. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't? No, oh. I didn't even okay. get through the first episode in one sitting. Oof. I had to... um. I fell asleep. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I, well, I oh, watched you started it. at like ten o'clock. Yeah, at night. I started it late, and then by the like two thirds of the way in, I was falling asleep. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta return to this later. But then I ended up finishing the second episode while I was at work. Oh yeah, and that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> I'm mad. I need to talk to someone about this. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy up and down story that I did not expect would uh go I didn't expect it to go on for so long cuz like I thought that Michael Jackson was a part of these two men's lives for a very short period of time when right. they were children right and then as soon as you know they fell out of favor with michael jackson or whatever that was it mm. no michael jackson was a huge part of their lives for All a good chunk of their for lives for basically most of their lives mm-hmm. he was constantly in contact with them up through their 20s and like 30s so well they're probably in their 30s now so at least up through their late 20s yeah and i think actually that's a great way okay so the thing that i have gotten from watching this so this documentary follows the stories of two men who as boys were molested by michael jackson Mm -hmm. wade and james Mm -hmm. wade is from australia james is from america um both at a young age just kind of fell into michael jackson's life yeah like i think they both kind of aspired to be entertainers when they were really young wade 
from what I remember, he wanted to be a dancer because he saw Michael Jackson and he loved the way he danced. So yeah. he's always like been into Michael Jackson, whereas James was just a child actor. I think he was in a couple commercials and he started off in that Pepsi commercial with Michael. That's right. And then from there, that's where the relationships start. Right. But what was fascinating to me was, all right, Maggie's opinion. I always thought Michael Jackson was a child toucher. Always thought it. I never denied it. I never, there were many people who, still now, but there were many people who didn't believe it. Yeah. Because every time he was either, when he went to court for it, he was either acquitted or he settled. Mm -hmm. And so people were like, that's proof he didn't do it. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Settling does not equate to innocence. No. That's not what that is. But so I had always believed he touched children. However, I understand that he had a very troubling childhood. Mm-hmm. He basically had to watch his brothers be forced to have sex with groupies because his father would say, you need to fuck these girls so the girls want you. So, like, he grew up in a very problematic, had- abusive, terrible home. Yeah. It his wasn't- parents were fucked. It I don't wasn't- give a shit. Yeah, it wasn't just um, abuse like hitting physical. like physical mm-hmm. hitting or whatever mm-hmm. from his dad as a lot of da- movies and other things would like to portray yeah it was far more it was than definitely that. It a was, forced sexual relations yeah it was sexual abuse emotional abuse mm-hmm. physical abuse everything because his father saw a cash cow with these kids and and i mean like here's the thing it isn't just michael J- you know janet latoya jeremy all of them yeah. All of them had a really awful upbringing. But so in that sense, I did feel bad for Michael before watching this because I thought, yeah, he's a pedophilia usually comes from a place of like, you know, abuse when you were a child. Yeah. I, right. At least that's what I think. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. I am not a psychologist, so I am open for being corrected. But it, that's how I understand a lot of pedophilia seems works. from everything that I have read everything i've listened to everything it 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 seems like just like abusers beget abusers Mm -hmm. pedophiles beget pedophiles yeah so i always kind of had a bit of a great assault for michael because i thought well he had a really rough childhood so maybe he doesn't realize what he's doing and then you watch the documentary but it's like that's that's still not you realize it's it's not excuse no no but you you do realize after watching this that it's like no that's that's still not right. You know, I, oh, it's no, understandable. No, no. But... I, I, I would say I had a little bit more sympathy towards him. Yeah. Like, yeah. just being like, I, I I pitied him. Yeah. A bit. And said, you know, you had a, a rough time of it as a child. And I, that doesn't make what you do to children right. But I, I felt like if you can approach it from that angle, it makes it almost more comprehensible. Mm-hmm. But when you watch this documentary and you discover... Oh, no. This man knew exactly what he was doing. He was 100% grooming these kids. He was grooming their families. Yeah. Their entire families were groomed yeah. by him. Like our he friend was... Monica said he played the long game. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He sure did. He did. And it's, oh, my God, to see just what happened with the parents, with the kids. Um. He he would take these children and say, like, I think you're special. I think... And first of all, 
first of all, you are Michael fucking Jackson. Your popularity and your fame is not lost on you. Right. You know what you're doing. You know you when have you go up a to, lot of power. Yeah. When you go up to a basic family and say, I think you guys are special and I love you, you know that they feel special. Well, that's what the both families were saying, or the mothers of both of these mm-hmm. guys were saying. Like, you live in the middle of, you know, Australia yeah. or a mill of wherever, and Michael Jackson is coming to your modest three-bedroom, one-story house in this small town wherever you live mm-hmm. and he comes in there and acts like he's one of your children yeah and acts like he's just part of the family yep. and he just wants to hang out with you guys and he just wants to like take walks around the block with your son and you know just hang out and play games yeah and i understand why michael wanted to do that not just because he wanted to groom these boys to molest them but because that was something he never had. Right. Everybody I, yeah. else around him had that. And he just wanted to have a regular family that he could go, you know, play outside all day and then come in when the streetlights come on because yep. it's time for dinner and then eat dinner and have a sleepover. And, you know, but the fucking creepy thing is that he's 30 something years old mm-hmm. and he's hanging out with a seven year old. Yeah. And. I don't malign the parents too much. A little bit. But I also, maybe it's because I don't have kids that it's easier for me to say how I see how the parents got played. Because yeah. a lot of people are like, how can you let your seven-year-old kid sleep in a bed with a grown adult? Well, when the ba- when this adult is the biggest pop star in the world. First of all, yeah. First of all, yeah. you are so starstruck, especially because they're giving you gifts they're like telling you oh you're such a great mom and i love you and i love your family and they're helping your kid's career yeah you get starstruck and you get kind of dependent on this big pop star helping your kid with their career and when your kid is seemingly content with how things are going yeah and seems to want to hang out with this person all the time and that's kind of the most sinister thing of the whole thing is exactly what Michael did to these boys. So it's yeah. not even just that you know, was... you hear a lot of stories about child molestation and the kids are uncomfortable. And you know, when you ask a kid if you get touched but they say no, like they're really uncomfortable, they're really awkward about it. It was hard for those boys to act, I guess now men I should say, um, to act weird about it because Michael treated them like they were special. Wade said I was in love with him. Yeah. I mean, granted at eight years old, you don't know what love is. Yeah. But you think because I feel special and he's he's treating me like I'm a special person. You know, he gives you nicknames. He gives you presents. He hangs out with you. He gives them your time. Kids love that. You're giving him you're giving them your time. Yeah. How often do kids fight for that shit? And it makes you feel so special when this person who is so busy and so popular and so talented and amazing just wants to hang out with you. Yeah. Play video games. That screen just goes right over your eyes and you don't even see what he's doing. And so then at night, when he's like, let me touch you in a place that you shouldn't be touched. Why don't you touch me there? I'm going to put my mouth there. I want you to like touch my nipples while I touch myself. Yeah. These are the things he was doing. But because at this point, you feel so special to even be next to Michael Jackson 
So he's saying, let's do these private things and never tell anyone. Now you feel like you're in on a special secret. And he's groomed you to a point where you think, oh, okay, yeah, this is just what kids do. Right. This is... he. They're viewing him as just another kid. Exactly. And if they're at a point in their puberty or pre-puberty or whatever, when mm. experimenting with things like that is a thing, they probably think that it's totally normal. Right. And it, sometimes it is totally normal, except it's not normal to do it with a 30-something-year-old <laughs> no. no. who's sleeping in the same bed as your, like, 10-year-old. Like, you know what's like, normal is, like, when you're, like, 10 and you're like, wow, touching myself down there feels great. Right. But I'm by myself in my bedroom. Right. Or whatever. And then, you know what's not great, though, is, like, when a 34-year-old's like, I'm going to touch you down there. And you're like, I guess this is okay. Yeah. You know what? That's not. But at no. the same time, Michael fashioned himself in these people's minds as just another kid. He yeah. convinced the parents that he just wanted to be like their their kid and he convinced the kids that he was just like them. Yeah. So he, in their eyes he was just a kid. He wasn't a 30 something year old man sleeping in the same bed as their kid. He was just their kid's friend having a sleepover. Yeah. And that's fucked. Yeah. Like yeah. to convince these families that you're just a kid, you're just this innocent guy who acts like a kid, just wants to be taken care of and have fun. And, like, acts like one of your children. Yeah. But you're rich. And then, and then, and then that's, like, a whole other level of psychology. It's, like, how stunted was Michael Jackson's mental growth when he was a kid because mm-hmm. of all the abuse he endured that he he basically just stopped growing mentally when he was like 14 yeah so yeah he, he was he just he can't he's still mentally a little boy yeah and i mean that's with a predator's sex what, drive and, and what's very upsetting is just like you look at him and, and that's all nurture yeah. i don't think any of that was nature i think no. that was 100% nurtured into him mm-hmm. um and just like when you become the biggest thing in the world with no checks or balances and you're like, I can do whatever I fucking want. And he has I'm so Michael much money he can do Jackson, that. And you have a family and a fan base and people who you hire who will never tell you no. Yeah. Like he needed someone who was going to be like, all right, look, I get what you're fucking doing and you need to stop and I'm going to help you get the help you need. And that's the other crazy thing is to think about all of the people he had around him in his life who knew. Oh, his whole and family didn't knows. say anything, but not just his family. Oh yeah, no. I mean, yeah. People that worked at Neverland, his limo drivers, mm-hmm. his bodyguards, his managers, um anybody his assistants and all of these people had to have known. And it's not like this is just like four or five people. Right. This is at least close to a hundred people. At least. Oh, at least. At least. At the very least. And I just I just don't know how you can And nobody said anything yeah. because he was Michael Jackson. He had all this money, all this power, and if you said anything publicly about it, you would be fucking ruined. Yeah. I mean, and then to go in to talk about, like, how, like, Wade comes public with it and everyone's like, oh, like, this guy just wants money, but, but like, oh, but, this guy but just But what about his- all these years that, and under oath, you said he didn't touch you? What about all of this? All this time you've said no, and now you're coming out? 
with saying he touched you? No. Okay, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And it's like, it's clearly from people who don't have any source of empathy, mm-hmm. who don't understand, you know, maybe, maybe this guy didn't know how to process it because he was seven when he was touched. And Michael Jackson, that's, that's the great thing about this documentary is it really explains the psychology of a child who had been groomed for molestation and how even into your 30s, these guys are the same age as us, basically. Yeah. You know, like, this was happening when we were their age. Yeah. And, like, I, I put myself in their shoes and, like, I can't even imagine having to process that at age 35 right now. Right. You know, they're still having to deal with it. And to t- to say, oh, they're after it for the money, this, that, Wade is already very the- famous very popular. He doesn't fucking need money. And none He's of them probably are getting money his from career. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't they were never given money for for saying that Michael Jackson molested them. Yeah. Unless HBO was well, paying them a shit ton of money. I well, don't... Wade did try to count, try to sue the Jackson State. Oh yeah. And then I believe um James tried to go in on it as well. Mm-hmm. It was denied and they are trying to appeal it at this point, I believe. Gotcha. Um, they don't really go into it too much in the documentary. Because I think in the documentary, they're really trying to go into the psychology of the whole thing. And, yeah. yeah. What really struck <sighs> me about the whole thing was, it's not that Michael Jackson just ruined the boys' lives. He devastated families. Oh. And without even a second thought about it. Like, Wade's family moved from Australia to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. broke up the fam. That move broke up the family because his father stayed in Australia yep. along with his older brother, but him, his sister, and mother moved to Los Angeles yep. with the intent of Wade's big break coming almost immediately. Yeah. And as soon as they got to Los Angeles, Michael Jackson essentially abandoned them. Yeah, and and the same with James as well, because as he was getting older, Michael said, you don't need school, you don't need convinced to be doing anything. Convinced him not to go to Basically school. Basically convinced him to drop out and become a film director or what whatnot. Yeah. And then abandoned him. Yeah. His kid's like 16, 17, and he's like... Oh, it's like, okay. I have no education. I thought I was going to be a director, and Michael Jackson was going yeah. to help me, and now... He's just abandoned me and right. I have I have nothing to go on right. here. And like he he just ruined families because right. he found another younger boy to go molest and be his right. his, you know, new toy. Yeah, I mean, we know of at least four definite mm-hmm. cases. I will say I don't think Macaulay Culkin was molested. I don't think so either because, because I don't was, think it was possible because he was too famous. Exactly. I think he, he had, was already way too famous. He had already done Home Alone. Yep. And possibly Home Alone 2 at that point. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was in the black or white video right. and they were hanging out a lot. So I don't think that I don't think they spent as much time together mm-hmm. as as Michael did with Wade or James. Um I agree. and I don't think that I think Michael Jackson knew that if he tried anything, Macaulay Culkin had too many people around him. If they found out, he yeah. he would have been ruined. And I don't think he could have groomed Macaulay Culkin the same way. Yeah, no. I am certain that he has a very upsetting story, Macaulay Culkin. He does. I'm I'm certain. <laughs> he does. Like I'm 
beyond what we yeah, might Michael know Jackson already. notwithstanding, yeah, he had a pretty screwed up childhood. Right. Himself. So I don't think that Michael could have groomed him yeah, in no. the same sense that he has groomed other boys. Mm-hmm. So I also think in that sense that I don't think Macaulay Culkin was molested by him. So I'm sure for him it was really easy to testify. No, he didn't touch me. And he's probably thinking in his head, oh, he definitely fucking touched those other boys, but he didn't touch me. Yeah. Because he has his own shit to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, we know at least about these four boys, but... And God damn it! One of them is a Make-A-Wish child! Oh, really? Who, yeah, the kid... Okay, in the 2003 court case, uh-huh. um, Gavin, I believe his name is, and... He sued. He was a Make-A-Wish child who wanted to meet Michael Jackson at Neverland. Oh, my God. And Michael Jackson I becomes missed, friends with him. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Jackson molested a Make-A-Wish child. How fucked is that? that is so fucking ridiculous. And so, like, so now here we are. Here we are at the end of leaving Neverland wondering, well, what do I do with this? Yeah. And I mean, like, there's been a lot of fallout. There have been, the Simpsons pulled their episode. There have been, uh, there was going to be a musical that's been taken away. Mm-hmm. The radio, There have been radio stations in Canada New Zealand that stopped playing his music. There is a lot. I mean, obviously the Jackson estate is saying this is all false and tried to sue HBO. Which, and honestly, HBO, nobody H- fucking believes you at this point. HBO is probably like, come for us. We got Game of Thrones money. You want to <laughs> yeah. sue us? All right. We beat you with that Game of Thrones money. I, it don't matter. Game of Thrones money might actually outweigh Michael Jackson money. I'm not sure. If you know the answer to that, tell me. <laughs> at the, well, I mean, by the time he passed away, he was in debt pretty hard. So... I'm sure it very much outweighs the Jackson estate. It does at also. This point. It's like, what do you? How do you? I don't know. What do we do from here? Yeah, because what now do we do? Dead. Now he's dead. You can't. Yeah. What do we do about him. Michael Jackson now? Um, I mean, it's not even about punishing him anymore. It's about how do we go about dealing with his legacy at this yeah. point? Because I do want to say first off the bat, um, believe victims. Yeah. I 100% believe these stories. Why would they make there these up? There was absolutely no point in the entire four plus hours of that documentary where I was like, mm, I kind of no. don't believe that. I, they no. were so credible. They were 100% sincere. Yeah. And there was no point where I doubted what they were saying was true. And I, I'm going to say it. You don't hear men's stories that much. Yeah. We don't hear from men as often as we should because it does happen a lot. It happens a lot to men and they are afraid to talk about it because it's embarrassing. It's demasculinizing, whatever quote unquote you want to (laughs) say about that bullshit. Um, You know, men don't come forward. Mm -hmm. So you have two men with very credible, sincere stories they Taking are, on the yeah. biggest pop star that ever lived. Because there are people who, oh my god, and then they show clips of like after Wade had come out in I believe 2013, and like YouTubers are like, fuck this guy, and everybody's like, oh. he's a fucking liar, and blah blah blah, and I'm like, you have to go up not just against a judge, but you also have to go up a, a jury of the citizens of the world. Mm-hmm. You have to go up against the About, court of You have to go up against opinion. YouTube commenters. Ugh, which are the <laughs> fucking worst. Yeah. But, the worst jury of them all. Ugh, blech. But yeah, it's just you gotta watch these guys go through the shit. And 
they are men who are coming forward with their stories. I believe victims who anyway. have wives and families of their own that are this impacted by horribly this. horribly affected them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they have tons of proof just of the relation. Even if it's not the sexual relation, they have proof of just a deep relationship with Michael. Yeah. Like with letters and faxes and phone calls. They have that proof. Yeah. I don't know what else you fucking want besides a fucking porn or something of it happening. You know, yeah. to watch a video or a photo, which I I don't even need it yeah. personally. Nothing fucking horrifies me more than touching children. I don't fucking understand it. Yeah, so now we've got all this fallout from mm-hmm. it. And it's like, now I'm like, ooh. Now do I have to go and burn all of my Michael Jackson vinyl? I don't have any, so I don't have to burn like- shit. I don't think... <laughs> that's, I don't want to make an extreme reaction. Um, I will give a shout out to one of our friends at uh, Blame Your Brother podcast. Because yeah. they recently had an episode about this mm-hmm. and totally discussed. And they all had very differing opinions on how they feel about his music now. So mm-hmm. I highly suggest listening to that. I like hearing everybody's opinion on it because it's not a black and white, no pun intended, <laughs> issue. Because um, you can't just say like, fuck him, I'm never fucking listening to his music again. Yeah, you you cannot deny Michael Jackson's music. It's but Even only, now. You, and I also want to give credit to, like, it's not just Michael's music. I mean, yeah. we talked about it in Thriller. You have so many people in that fucking project producing, co-writing, just playing the instruments. Yeah. It's hard for me to look at his work and just say, I'm going to write it off because of him, because there was a lot of manpower put into that right not just his right like the thriller video is john landis and it's like i fucking love john landis right he can do whatever the fuck he wants do i write off that video now because michael jackson was a human piece of garbage and we knew this here's the thing i knew this yeah it's just like but then you watch this and you're really faced with the cold hard facts and i think that and you know the whole R. Kelly thing is going on at the same time, which is very similar. Oh, very. And I feel like de- dealing with Michael Jackson and dealing with R. Kelly are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because I didn't really listen to R. Kelly and he wasn't really a very big part of my life in any way. But I feel like. But bump and grind is a solid jam that I am a little sad to lose. I'm a little sad to lose to lose ignition. But I'm okay with just being like, nah, I don't need to listen to your music anymore. It's fine. Just push you off to the side. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to do that with Michael Jackson's music because it he's been performing since the what sixties, seventies, early seventies, and he's been relevant throughout all of the decades. Been huge. He's been relevant. And Every decade, super, you can at least find one Michael Jackson song. And you're like, yep. Super influential and then it's like, for yeah, years. Do you write off the Jackson 5? Right. Because he was kind of the frontman. Right. But are there other things that the other, his brothers did that maybe we don't know about yet? Well, and then also his family is kind of supporting him and covering him up. So then like, do you write off Janet Jackson's music because she supports right. her brother? Right. Like what? It's, it's it's a crazy tree that's branching out into crazy questions for my little tiny brain. I kind of feel like no matter which way you choose, it's a it's a catch twenty two either way. Yeah, I will say I I liked uh, in on Blame Your Brother the podcast. One of the opinions was just you know after this has all come out, 
it's affecting how I listen to the music. And I won't, and he didn't say like he stopped listening, but it's yeah. when you listen, you start to be like, maybe I don't want to listen to this because now all I can think of is you fucking touch these kids, man. Yeah. You were recording this album and touching kids. Yeah. You were touring and bringing the kids on tour so you could touch them. Right. And that's, and that's I think, probably the opinion that I'm at right now where it's, I think, as time goes on, I will probably slowly take him out of my musical rotation. Yeah. I think my, my final take on his uh, career as a whole is I'm not going to deny the impact of his music. Oh, no. I'm not going to deny the influence he's had over 40, what, 50, whatever years. I can't deny that. It happens. Of course. You can't just deny factual history. No. You can't do that. So I feel comfortable being like, yes, he was a major pop star, mm -hmm. huge part of my life mm -hmm. and a lot of people's lives for a very long time. But I think it's safe to pack it away <laughs> and, you know, just be like his music was very important for a certain time and leave it in that time. And we don't have to go back to it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. he's still a part of history. He's still a very important part of history. And if we do episodes that have him in it, I have no problems talking about. Yeah. I mean, his we, influence we have to, we'll have to talk stuff, about him. But I'm fine not putting that shit on the jukebox anymore. Yeah. I'm fine just, you know, packing that all into a nice tidy box and putting it on a shelf in the attic. Yeah. That's fine. Like, you know what? I'm not going to wear this fucking dress again. Yeah. I'm going to put this in the attic. I will keep it here for sentimental value, but um, I understand what happened in this dress. Yeah. And it was not that great. No, so not super. And, you know, there's still so many people that just defend him and refuse to listen to the victims. And I, that's and, and I really started to think about this from a sociological standpoint of how Michael Jackson is really a religion, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think about like the human mind and the human culture and how we worship, um, even if you're an atheist or even if you are religious, we still take the things we love in music and in film um, in the arts in general, you know, fuck mm -hmm. you if you say the arts aren't important because we still do worship it as if it were a religion. And these right. people who are just diehard followers, whether it be his estate or his family or his fans, there are there's a group in London that's paying for advertisements to go on buses to say, like, nope, he's innocent. And it's like, this is the hill you're going to fucking die on? Yeah. And then I stop and do think, Do you like, really want to die on a hill that was built on molesting children? But they don't believe it. And it's like, and it's so much this confirmation bias. And it's so much this world of, we've always lived in this world. People are saying like, oh, fake news is a new thing. It's not. We've always been a people. Humankind, we just aren't intelligent enough. Um, well, we've, we've always wanted to... Um, be, we wanted to just write the story that made us feel good. Exactly. And That's, the story that makes us feel good is that Michael, Michael Jackson's a star. And he's great. He didn't do anything to little boys. And he just <laughs> makes great music. And I mean, and it's hard, too, when you... I mean, he has done good things. He's don't, he, is, he was a philanthropist. He yeah. definitely donated time and money to the needy. 
Um, but that just makes me think, okay, so was he doing that to cover up all the bad shit that he uh, was doing? See, I didn't even look at it from that angle. To take people's direction away from, you know, all the ridiculous shit that was happening in Neverland. And that's another thing mm. that we haven't really touched on is that people have always kind of known yes. that this has been going on. I mean, like, again, I've always been like, yep, but then you see Dr. my turn, like, this is in my face. Yeah, and like... We've always made jokes about it, and we've always made jokes about things that happen at Neverland, or that he likes hanging out with little boys, and mm-hmm. there's always jokes, there have always been jokes about it, but even when his two trials happened, when yeah. he was accused of molesting children, most people were still like, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I'll, whatever, you know? I, yeah. It's, it's, I, it's just crazy that... We all kind of knew about it, but everybody just kind of accepted it. Yeah. I remember when he died, I was either in France or I was in France like a day after he died. And they, we've talked about this before, European tabloids are brutal. The worst. And they had a lot of tabloids out and they're in French. So I had to ask my friend, like, what the fuck did he say? And it was just like, you know, first of all, it's making fun of his... The, the, all of the just the work he had done, like how oh. he already looked like a skeleton anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and then there were jokes about him touching children. And it's like, even when he died, you know, the tabloids were still making jabs like that. And you're right. Like, we always knew. Yeah. We always knew. This shouldn't be news to us. I mean, granted, and this there's is nothing... with R. Kelly. We've always known. Yeah. And there's nothing that, like, you and I can do about it. Right. But there were plenty of things that the jury in his trial could have done or, you know, the parents of these children that were molested could have done that they didn't do. Yeah. And I think and some of it, I understand why they didn't do it, but also this could have gone very differently. It sucks because at least with the trial, I, I get wanting the proof mm-hmm. you have, if you have reasonable doubt and if they have reasonable doubt, I'm sure the defense Sure, his, he had the best defense money could buy, and you had, and I'm sure they had, put that seed of doubt in them. Yeah, and you put um, his young friends on the stand <laughs> and ask them, "Were you ever touched?" And they say, "No." You know, if they do it convincingly, you're gonna believe them. Yeah, yeah. and they would do it convincingly because they still thoroughly believed. He did nothing wrong. To well, yeah, them. and like in it, they were you still know, brainwashed. They talk about how, oh my god, I was so excited that Michael wanted to talk to me again. Yeah, they were happy to just get that approval. And I mean, like, even as adults, like, what is the shit that we do for the people that we love and we want them to notice us? I mean, like, we totally will still do things. Like, I hope this person who I really like notices that I do this so that they like me more. Let me or, post these things on Instagram so my crush will notice it and like it and right. talk to me. Yeah, I mean, like, we do that shit as fucking adults in yeah. 2019. So, yeah, I bet in the late 90s, early 2000s, when you're a kid or a teenager... And Michael fucking and Jackson... Michael fucking Jackson... Wanted to pay attention to you. You'd fucking do it. Yeah. You'd so do anything I, he asked you to do. So the fact that these men have come out and told their story, I commend them, I believe them, I think we all need to believe them, and we all need to... I'm not saying that anyone has to do anything in the immediate. You don't have to stop listening to his music. You yeah. don't have to, you know, burn his records. But you do have to start thinking about what this means for you. And also, we need to think about, going forward, how we treat people 
who abuse people and abuse their power and abuse their power going forward. Yeah. How we treat Michael Jackson is going to affect how children are treated going forward. Yeah. You know, if you see that's why it's like we need Bill Cosby. We need Harvey Weinstein. We need R. Kelly. We need Michael Jackson's estate. We need these things to be rectified. We need them to be punished because this is going to stop behavior in the future. Yeah. Because if motherfuckers see they can't get away with this anymore, maybe you're going to think twice before you start fucking doing it. Because if one of the most recognizable people in the music industry for the last 40 years, whatever, can get away with this and not... He doesn't even have to be legally persecuted for this. Oh, yeah. If everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders and moves on. Like we've been doing. Like we've been doing this (laughs) whole time. Then that determines how we treat anybody who has less power than him. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't bode well. No. At all. So he, he needs to, people need to give him some responsibility on this. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying you have to write him off, but just process it. And fucking please just believe victims. Yeah. I mean, this goes for like the R. Kelly stuff too. Yeah. Who's not even like, I wouldn't even give half of the amount of credit to him that I would no. give to Michael Jackson. Not at all. Um, He's good for like three songs at best. They were yeah. all easy for me to give up. One thing, I I watched part of the interview he did with Gail King oh where he God. lost his fucking yes. mind. He's the, that is the losing it of a guilty man. Oh, yeah. He's very guilty. Oh, yeah. Quite guilty. That, like, I already believe the victims, but that just, like, that was the nail in the fucking coffin, bro. Oh, okay, you did um, that. So, at one point, Gail King asked him if he had ever had sexual relations relations with anyone underage and he legit looked at her and said no and i'm screaming internally going (laughs) what about Aaliyah? what about Aaliyah? i don't care if she was your quote-unquote wife that bitch was underage i'm sorry she was not a bitch she was a lovely woman also you married her when she was 14 i thought she was 15 either way that's still very underage it was underage (laughs) and yeah sure she she got her parents' permission, but also you were fucking a girl that was underage, period. Yeah. The only reason you didn't get thrown in jail for it was because you married her. Yeah. Yeah. And then also. And that did not. That was not the case for most of the women you sexually assaulted. No. no. Who were underage. But you could have at least thrown up to the one. <laughs> Jesus. At least that one. That would have given you an ounce of credibility jesus yeah anyway this isn't about r kelly this isn't but but it's relevant because it's happening around the same time right 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 right. um but yeah i think that's what we need to take away from this is how do you process this because how we react to this is going to affect how we react to predators going forward going forward yes i mean because if we start holding people accountable for their actions maybe we can start making the world a little bit safer for children and women and just everybody. Stop being gross and touching children. Stop it. I don't get it. 2019 and people are still touching children. Catholic what? church. What? Looking at you. Like, why? Why? Why do you why? still need to touch why? children? Why? Why? I. We should just make sex work legal. I mean, that's that's a starting point. That's a starting point. Period. But, there you go. 
But we're not a political kind podcast. I just, I need a brick wall to smash my head onto. Yeah. And uh, a table to flip, and then I'll be all right. All right, there we go. That's that's how we're so, going to solve this problem so for tonight. So we're going to go find a table to flip. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna <laughs> to go find some brick walls and some tables. I don't know how you're going to deal with this, but you'll figure it out. We trust you. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, all right. So we just felt like we should share our opinions on that. Because no one asked for it. No one asked for it, but we're sharing it anyway because that was a fucking trip. Uh, Watch it. Watch the documentary. Yeah. Even if you have to get that seven-day HBO trial, just do it. Well, next I need to figure out how to watch the Lifetime thing about R. Kelly, and then maybe we can do an episode on that. I don't know if I can handle... This is too much right now. This is a lot. Too much. I already gave up R. Kelly, so I don't know if I need to watch it. No, I do. Again. I I need to watch it. I want to know. I have not heard any stories directly from the victims, so I I want to hear that. Yeah. That's why I want to see it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So watch these documentaries, guys. Learn yourself something. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I mean, it's a downer, so get a palate cleanser afterwards. Yeah. Maybe some candy bars. I don't know. Watch some Family Guy or whatever. Do whatever you need to do. To... Watch a cartoon. It's yeah. fine. Watch some Looney Tunes. Watch <laughs> all duck no. cartoon. Looney Tunes are the worst. What? I mean, they were great when we were kids, but they're so racist and awful. <sighs> Why is everything terrible? <laughs> Watch the Venture Brothers. Yeah, Venture that's Brothers. Gonna, that's Watch Metalocalypse, gonna... too. Yeah. Watch, like, the good adult some cartoons. The good ones, not the bad ones. Watch some Brack show. You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway. Well, Brack was great. Let's, let's, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up. Now we're talking about adult some cartoons, because that means yeah, we need to stop. Yeah, I think that means we're, we're finished. We're done. We done, <laughs> we're done here. We're done for now. But, you know, we'll be back soon enough with something that's not about child touching. Yeah. Please. Yeah. God, God willing. God willing. And with that, uh, party on kids, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.